Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Hey everyone, this is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rand, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at SDS Podcast. You are listening to the Screen the Screener Team Preview Series. Gus and I are continuing to go through the teams across the country. We're giving you in-depth analysis with a beat reporter from each team, looking at last year's team, looking at the players, looking at the upcoming schedule, and where we think they're going to fall. And today, we are taking a look at the Buffalo Bulls basketball team with Paul Peck, who is the radio voice of the University of Buffalo and has covered Buffalo sports for 30 years. You can follow him on Twitter at Peck on Sports. In this episode, we talk about the greatness of C.J. Massenburg, one of the senior leaders there for the Bulls, how head coach Nate Oates will replace all-conference point guard Wes Clark, and what the Bulls can do for an encore after last year's amazing first-round NCAA tournament destruction of Arizona. After the interview, we'll take a closer look at what Paul said and project how the Bulls are going to fare both in and out of conference this season. Buffalo is a dangerous, dangerous team, and has every bit the look of last year's March Cinderella, Loyola, Chicago. Could this be a magic season for Buffalo? Let's get right to it and listen to what Paul has to say. Please welcome to the show Paul Peck, who has 30 years of covering sports in Buffalo. He is the radio voice of the University of Buffalo. You can follow him on Twitter at Peck on Sports. Paul, it's an honor to have you here. We need to talk some Buffalo basketball, and it's great to have you here on the Screen the Screener podcast team preview series. Yeah, and appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, what's kind of cool about what's going up uh, on up here is, you know, let's be honest, it's a max school. It's not a power five school. It's not uh, normally a team talked about when you're uh, previewing the biggest teams in the country in a season. But that's a tribute to what head coach Nate Oates has built here, uh, which is uh, a team good enough to, I, I think, be on the brink of, of top 25 consideration. And, and uh, you know, and that's cool. It's cool for a school like this to be on people's radar. And I think as this season goes on, that's going to even continue more. Yeah. And looking back on last year, certainly Buffalo came in and, and the Bulls did a fantastic job. It's funny with the big upset of Virginia and, and UMBC, the Buffalo upset of Arizona went very much under the radar. But you're de- <laughs> it's true. It, it's very true because that Arizona team was very strong, had pros, had a lot of expectations there coming out of the Pac-12. But that was a dismantling on what was really a fantastic season for Buffalo. They ended up in the regular season 26-8, and 15-3 and in conference there. So just talk a little bit about last year and just how special that was and, and, and how that win over Arizona was really outstanding. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, you beat Arizona, and it's a shocker even to people like me who have seen every game played. Um, but this was a good team all year long. This was a team that uh, at times could pretty much do whatever it wanted to do. And, and really the only kind of ways they lost a few of those games uh, in, a, in a conference where it's not easy to win you know, on the road were a couple of games where there was a few letdowns and there was probably a few games where they're like, ah, we'll beat these guys. We can kind of show up and win. Uh, You know, so um, it it was not a shock to people that saw the Bulls play all year long. All that said, you you don't expect to go in and beat Arizona handily. I mean, let's be honest, that wasn't a buzzer beater close 
sneak out a win. That was a dismantling of, the, of, yep. a, of the Arizona Wildcats, who had the number one pick overall in the NBA draft. So uh, it was pretty amazing. It was an amazing season, just kind of part of a lot of really cool things that are going on here at the University of Buffalo. You had a women's team go to the Sweet 16. Uh, you know, you're in the middle right now of a men's football team that's that's five or you know a football team that's five and one. Uh, you know, and is going to compete for a conference championship. So it, there's just been a renaissance, and I don't even say a renaissance because let's be honest, this is only a program that's Division One since 1999. So it's not like they were great and have come back to being great. This is really the first time where everything has fallen in place. Yeah, and they pretty much dominated the Mid-America Conference last year, 15-3. and three. The three-point shooting was tremendous. And the leader, of course, the maestro, is Nate Oates. Uh, Nate Oates has done an outstanding job there at Buffalo and really has them rolling and, and, and thinks, I really think he should get a lot more credit than he does. I mean, they, they popped on the radar there, but he's been doing a great job up there in Buffalo for many years, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's such a great, he, he's a great guy. He's a great coach. Now, remember, his story is really interesting for people that don't know him. He was a high school basketball coach in Michigan, uh, where he won some state championships with some really high level players. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, and, uh, one of the players, EC Matthews, who was a really high level guy for the Rhode Island Rams, um, was his high school player who was then recruited by Danny Hurley at Rhode Island. And in the midst of that recruitment, there came this connection and some impression um, that Nate Oates left on Danny Hurley that when his brother Bobby gets the job here in Buffalo, Danny says, you should talk to this guy about being one of your assistants. So that's how it evolves that Nate Oates joins the staff here in Buffalo under Bobby Hurley coming off as being a, a little as a high school coach. He was teaching math. You know, I mean, he's in his, you know, in his mid thirties, teaching math classes in Romulus, Michigan. And uh, so then he gets this chance to come and be an assistant. He proves himself as a really good recruiter and a really good coach and then gets the job when Bobby Hurley leaves to go to Arizona State. So that's so it's a bit of a unique career path for Nate in that he, he's done it a little bit of a different way. But to me, I think that makes him much more genuine and much more um, unique as a person and a coach. And he's got good assistants with him. He's got some really good recruiters. But he's, a, he's just a good guy. He's a good dude, for lack of a better way to say it. And I think the players feel that way, too. So he really has been able to get some – really high-level players, and make them really good. They have an assistant coach, Brian Hodgson, who has coached in the junior college ranks in Texas, and there's been a really good pipeline of JC kids that have come here that have really been, you know, and Jeremy Harris last year just kind of came out of nowhere and was an immediate impact player. So a lot of those things have all fallen in place, um, along with some just some really good recruiting uh, and recognition of talents and maybe even a little luck in, in the case of the C.J. Massenburg. Um, um, that have evolved into these guys being really high-level players. And I think what you're seeing across the country is it, the equation is very clear. You take a, a great coach, hardworking coach who's worked his way up there and certainly coming as a math teacher for Nate Oates and, co and coaching high school, now coming to, to work his way up here to Buffalo. That's a type of guy, lunch pail guy that you want. And you sprinkle in some talent and you sprinkle in a senior-laden team and you have a pretty magic season. And coming up this year, it looks like Buffalo is really a team that, like you said, could be a top 25 team. They have four seniors here returning. Uh, on the starting lineup, you have, of course, C.J. Massenburg, 
who was tremendous last year, averaging 17 points, seven rebounds, two assists per game. You talked about Jeremy Harris as well, another senior, 15 and a half points, six rebounds, and Nick Perkins, the big man inside, 6'8", 16.6 rebounds. That is going to be the leaders, I think, of this team. And, and talk about how they're pretty much ready to evolve. They had a lot of experience last year, Kentucky, Arizona, so they're going to fear no one. I think this, they're going to lead this team. This is a dangerous Buffalo team come you know regular season and tournament time. Yeah, I mean, think about Massenburg and Perkins have been to two, have won two MAC championships in three in their first three years, and have been to two NCAA tournaments. So you know, there's a little bit of battle hardened. Uh, attitude there with those guys and they're the leaders of this team and particularly cj master again a guy who was really not recruited by anyone i think he had a, a, a like a low level prairie view a and m or something offer but um you know good connections in the coaching world somebody tells somebody there's a kid in texas and pretty good player and he literally gets the last scholarship to come to buffalo uh and they didn't know what to expect out of him and he kind of bursts on the scene as a starter and an all freshman all mac freshman guy and he he's the leader of the team and he does everything well he's probably one of the best rebounding guards in the country and and that's just effort i mean you know i mean he's a shooter he's a scorer he's their best three-point shooter but he grabs six seven rebounds a game and you don't do that unless you just are built in to have that kind of effort. Um, Perkins is a is a really talented big man who can shoot, uh, and he's a matchup problem for for you know what the MAC is is the it's a guard league on the MAC, and the big guys tend to be just big guys, you know, big sort of plotting, you know, six ten guys. And when you can throw a Nick Perkins and get them out of the lane, and they have to go out and cover him, um, that's hard for those guys to do. So that's why. Nick has been, you know, such a challenge. And then I mentioned Harris, and then you've got a couple of really good guards returning in in uh, Devontae Jordan, who really emerged as a good point guard and defensive stopper last year. And Dante Carruthers was an all uh, Mac Defensive Player of the Year the year before. So those are the core guys that all come back. They only lost one starter and one key player, uh, and that was Wes Clark, who joined the team in midseason last year off of last year's team. And then you throw in two of the best recruits this program has ever had, so that's why there doesn't appear to be any drop-off coming this year, and frankly, they might even be better than they were last year. Yeah, recruiting-wise, they are number one in the MAC, and, and some of those recruits coming in, Jonathan Williams, shooting guard, 6'5", about 190 pounds, Ronaldo Segu, 6'165", and, and Javion Hamlet. So talk about the new guys coming in and, and that backcourt you mentioned. You know, obviously replacing Wes Clark is going to be a big deal, but they could have some players here coming off the bench that can give them some quality minutes. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Williams is the headliner. Uh, you know, let's be honest, schools of this caliber don't get players like this. Uh, 83rd ranked in the rivals' top 150. Um, one of nine out of the top 150 to commit to non-Power 5 schools. So, uh, you know, this is a high-level kid that had offers from a lot of ACC schools, uh, you know, Syracuse and Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. And he's from Rochester, New York, which is about an hour from Buffalo. Um, so there's a, a, a desire to want to play close to home. Uh, the connections were made with the coaching staff long before he sort of burst on the scene. So, and that's how you got to do it when you're in Buffalo. You're like, well, how do they get such a high level guy? It's well, because it's relationships and it's, and it's faith and it's trust and it's winning. So, I mean, this is a kid that by all accounts uh, looks like an NBA player uh, and is starting to play like an NBA player just in the practices in the preseason. Now he'll have some adjustment as all these young guys do. And, and frankly, they don't need him to carry any kind of a load, which will be good. Um, but again, this is just a player that you don't 
ever see at this level. And then you throw in a kid named like Rondo Segu, who played at a really high level Orlando Christian prep, uh, where, you know, there were power five top 10 teammates all over the place in high school that are now playing at North Carolina and places like that. And, you know, he was the 44th best point guard in the country, uh, you know, and, and again, these are, these are guys that don't normally come here. So when you do get them to come here, you just anticipate that they're going to be so much better than anybody that they're going to play against. And the Mac's a good basketball league. I mean, and, and you know, to your, back to your original point, for, for the Bulls to only lose three games in the league is pretty amazing because the Mac's all, most of the teams in the Mac have a, a good uh, shooter and a, and a good scorer and a couple of really good players, and most of the teams are pretty even. So generally, it's part of the problem why the Mac only usually gets one bid in the tournament every year because everybody kind of beats up on each other, and the winner of the, the conference is 12 and 6 or whatever, and they don't have this glittering record that would, you know, uh, you know, move the NCAA tournament people to put them in. So that's why what, what Buffalo did last year was, was kind of an outlier and just tells you how good they really were. Paul, what is Buffalo's mindset coming into this year? You know, I, I would think giving a senior-laden team, Nate Oates, all the success they had, that I think they feel like they belong. I mean, is this a team right now that really obviously is looking to win the, the conference, of course, first and foremost, but do you feel that they came in last year saying, listen, we can play with anyone, and that their aspirations this year are really to advance even further in the NCAA tournament, or is this just a day-by-day, game-by-game situation? No, I, you know, I know sometimes, you know, I've got to think that the, that the players and the coaches know that they want to take the next step, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they, they, if they feel like they're a better team this year than they were last year and they beat Arizona last year, then the next step would be to try to, you know, win a couple more games in the tournament and get into the top 25 and they're going to have their chances. You know, um, they, they play, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the schedule here and, you know, it's, they play at Syracuse, they play at Marquette, they have West Virginia early in the year. So, you know, win one of those games, maybe two of those games, you should be in a top 25. They almost beat Syracuse last year, really should have beaten Syracuse last year on the road. So, you know, those are the marquee games. Those are the sort of, prove to people that you're better than just a Mac team game. So I'll be curious to see, can they win any of those games on the road? You know, that none of them are going to be easy, um, but they, they've never been better suited and have never had more talent for a mid-American conference level team to be able to go and do that, I think, than they are this year. Yeah, I give them a lot of respect. This is certainly not an easy non-conference. And, and the key with a lot of those games you talked about at West Virginia, at Southern Illinois, at Syracuse, at Marquette. So teams are, are not going to come in and play Buffalo at home, that's for sure. Not not with the firepower they have. So I give them a credit for going out there and scheduling up. This is This is a strong non-conference schedule. Nate Oates likes to play these kinds of schedules. He's not worried about whatever criticism may come from a loss early in the season or, you know, and, and, and Nate sort of has always said this to me with, with a little bit of uh, dripping with sarcasm about there's plenty of schools in the Mac that schedule a whole bunch of, you know, division two schools and, and, and go into the non-conference schedule at, at eight and one or 10 and one or whatever. And people are like, Oh, Hey, look at those guys. How good are they? But they don't play anybody. So last year they played at Xavier. Uh, they played Creighton and they played Texas A&M and Syracuse. So that's so if you look at that you say well geez how did that prepare them for what eventually happened in the season and you go well probably pretty well. Uh you know and and uh, you know you got to think that some of those games 
were, were the games that got them ready to do what they were able to do last year. So Nate Oates, as a coach, isn't worried about making himself look good and being able to show his bosses or the fans that, you know, that we were 10 and one non-conference. He'd be fine if they were seven and five, um, but there were some good battles and some good tests against top 25 teams. Paul, I'm going to put you on the spot. Last question here. We appreciate a few minutes. This is great insight. Last year, eight minutes left. Kentucky's up five on Buffalo there in the second round. This is a team that has a lot of players back. They have senior leadership. They definitely are on everyone's radar. If they're not, they should be. Are we looking at another Mid-American Conference victory? And what do you think? Is this a team that could go to that second weekend and even beyond the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think they can. And I, you know, I, I think, Mike, they have that ability. You know, you look at that Kentucky game and, and where what happened in that Kentucky game is what generally happens to a lesser level, lower conference school was Kentucky's got players with physical skills that you just can't match. And when they've got guards that are six, seven with long arms and they're, you know, and they're affecting three point shots because in the Mac and all season long, guys can get their threes off without having a hand in their face, and then all of a sudden Kentucky comes at them and they've got to take that half step back and they're off on their threes, that's where you see the difference. But I think with guys like Jonathan Williams uh, and some of those other players who now are getting a little closer to some of the Kentucky-like players, that, that's where you might hope that they can make up that gap and that's what gets them another win or two uh, in the NCAA tournament. It's hard. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, that's why we appreciate the incredible upsets and runs of Loyola and schools like that because it's just hard to do. It's, I've been doing these games for a long time and, and it's somewhat disappointing when you, when you look at an opponent, you say, boy, a Buffalo could, every one of the guys on the team could play the greatest game they've ever played in their entire career and you could still lose by five just because of the diff the disparity in the level of talent that can be a little discouraging sometimes so when when you now get some guys that cut that gap a little bit uh and you can say boy if everybody plays great today they they can win uh that's pretty cool it's pretty cool for the fans it's pretty cool for the players it's pretty cool for guys like me and and that's where you would hope that maybe the bulls are situated to do some of that yeah, it's all about the matchups in the tournament. Last year, that Kentucky team was number four as per Ken Palm in defending the three-point shot. I really believe, Paul, that that was just a tough matchup for them, and they played very well. So it wasn't a game that was anyone way lopsided, but if they play a different team, I think they went a game or maybe even more last year. Folks, Paul Peck, he's a fantastic follow at Peck on Sports. 30 years of covering sports in Buffalo, came here to talk about the Bulls, gave us a great preview here. He's the radio voice of University of Buffalo. Definitely follow him. And we will be watching, Paul, I can tell you, because this is going to be a special season for Buffalo. I really think so. Yeah, I hope I think so too, and uh, it, you know, and I hope so. And and just to see them win one of those big marquee games would be pretty cool. Because that really hasn't happened here until the Arizona game. You know, those regular, no matter how good you think the team's going to be in the regular season, sometimes they're just not enough to get over the hump of those big games like that. If they can win a couple of those, and you start to get people talk, and that that'll that'll really elevate things. So I, we're all looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure to to talk UB with uh, with guys, and like I said, it's always good to see that you that we're on the radar for guys like you. That's pretty cool too. No doubt about it. Thanks so much, Paul. We look forward to catching up with you during the season. You got it. Thanks. 
That was Paul Peck, the radio voice for the University of Buffalo, who has covered Buffalo sports for 30 years. Please follow him on Twitter at Peck on Sports. In just a few minutes, we're going to come back, review what Paul said, and try to project the Bulls' season both in and out of conference. But before we do that, just a reminder that we have partnered with MyBookie. They have been great to this podcast. Gus and I talk about our fishy lines. We give them to you every week during the season. So definitely place your bets at MyBookie.ag. Who you're betting with is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why MyBookie is the place to go. They will match your first deposit. If you use the promo code SDS, that's right, the promo code SDS, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Enter that promo code. Go to MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. They will match it up to $1,000. You put in $500, you get $500. You put in $200, you get $200. You can place your bets right now. NFL, NBA is live. You can go to college basketball, of course, when it comes up. Start with those conference tournaments and just roll from there. So go to it. It's a great site. Mobile app is great. Reliable. Pay the quickest in the business. Great player perks, over-unders, live betting, in-game wagering, everything you would want. My bookie, folks, go to it because when you play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. We thank Paul Peck, the radio voice for the Buffalo Bulls, who has covered Buffalo sports for 30 years. Please follow him on Twitter at Peck on Sports. Gave us a ton of great insight about a Buffalo Bulls team that is dangerous. They're coming out of the MAC. The MAC has not had an at-large bid in the longest time, but for some reason, if they stumble, either in the tournament or the regular season, I have no doubt whatsoever that they are going to make the NSA tournament and give the MAC an at-large bid. You know, we talked about so much here with Paul. One of the most interesting things he talked about was head coach Nate Oates. He talked about how Nate was a high school basketball coach, you know, and at one point I was coaching basketball. I've gotten this on the patron private pods as well. You know, and my dream was to coach in college and and sometimes life's taken different directions. But to hear these stories, these feel good stories about head coaches in high school making it big is, is very inspiring. And that's what happened. He was coaching a player that Danny Hurley, when he was at Rhode Island, was interested in recruiting. And so he went out to see him, was so impressed with his coaching, he kept him on his radar. And when Bobby went to Buffalo and got the head job, Danny told him he should hire this guy. And so Nate Oates goes out there with Bobby Hurley, joins him on the staff in Buffalo from 2013 to 2015. He's 44 years old. This is a guy who played at Maranatha Baptist College. He then stayed there as an assistant. Then he went to Wisconsin Whitewater as assistant and got the job at high school, at Romulus High School. So he was teaching math and coaching for 11 years in high school. That's when he made the move in 2013, came over with Bobby Hurley. And then when Bobby leaves to go to Arizona State in April, he gets the interim job in Buffalo. And what did he do? He finished third in the MAC that year, 10-8. and eight. They went on a run. They defeated Miami of Ohio, and then they defeated top seed Akron in 2016 to win the conference tournament championship. And that was an incredibly impressive feat because that year in the offseason, they lost to 2015 MAC Player of the Year, the prior reigning Player of the Year, Justin Moss. He was dismissed because he was uh, found to have stole money, I believe, from uh, somebody else's room, a certain amount of money, him and another player. And they also lost their second leading scorer, Shannon Evans, who followed Bobby Hurley out to Arizona State. So despite losing his two top scorers and being an interim guy coming in in April, they win the conference tournament and he goes from there. Following season, he was 11 and 7 in the MAC. They finished third. And last year, the magical season, 27 and 9, 15 and 3 in conference. 
won the conference tournament, and with that three-point ability, that incredible three-point style, they went on and destroyed Arizona. They were 13 seed in the South. They beat four seeded Arizona, 89 to 68, with all those guys and all those pros. And DeAndre Ayton and everything there, Buffalo found the way to win. And that was incredible. So if you look at this season, and Paul mentioned this, they bring back the large majority of their team. Now they lose senior Wes Clark, fantastic point guard for them, 15.5 points per game, 5.4 assists. But they bring back the top three scorers, C.J. Massenburg, Nick Perkins, Jeremy Harris. You look at Massenburg and Perkins. Perkins, even though he's a big man, still shot over 103 pointers. Massenburg, 89 of 220. That's over 40% from three point range. Perkins, the big man inside, 36 of 113. He shot 32% from three point range. Jeremy Harris, 70, uh, 92 of 220. He took the same amount of three pointers as Massenburg. Combined, they took 443 pointers last year. Harris shot 42%. This is a team that's going to be very explosive, that has the ability to win games, to spread the floor, and the big man inside who also shoots. So it's going to be a nightmare matchup for opposing teams. You heard about the players coming back on besides Massenburg, besides Harris and Perkins. Devonta Jordan was on the Max All-Defensive team last year. He's going to play a major role. We talked about the highly ranked freshman coming in, Jonathan Williams. They have a Juco transfer, Trayvon Fagan. And the big Montrell McRae. Well, somebody to watch out for also is senior Dante Carruthers, who can play some point and can light it up and score, of course. And then freshman Ronald Segu, ESPN four-star recruit. He's a guy who can also facilitate as well and needs to get a little bit more strength, but could be a late-season contributor. The games they lost year were very, very close. If you look at the losses and you add up the points there... They were all on the road, and they were very, very close. They could absolutely run the table and have an undefeated conference record. Their non-conference schedule is also very challenging. You know, a lot of these small schools realize that they have to play somebody in the non-conference. I will tell you this. Buffalo is not just looking to make the NCAA tournament this year. They are looking to make some noise. I think their goal, in my opinion, is second weekend or bust. I think they expect to win the MAC conference. I think they're going to do that, and I think they expect to go very, very deep in the tournament. There is no reason why if you go to Nate Oates and you go to C.J. Massenburg and all these guys that they don't think they can make the Final Four. And honestly, they can. Looking at their non-conference schedule, they have West Virginia. They have Syracuse, Marquette. We talked about this with Paul. That is a tricky, tricky schedule. And they're going to be tested. They even decided to play some of these tough, smaller schools at Southern Illinois, at St. Bonaventure. Those are not easy games. Your typical mid-major darlings going on the road to play other smaller mid-major schools, that is not easy. And then they get the home-and-home with Southern Illinois. So they have a run here in mid-December, starting on December 8th. They're going to play at St. Bonaventure, then host Southern Illinois, then at Syracuse, then at Marquette, and then they get into the regular season. So this is a solid team for Nate Oates. They played a Kentucky team last year that was just superior defending the three. We talked about this with Paul, and 
UMBC and their incredible run and Loyola Chicago and all the stuff that happened there, that upset of Arizona, which was a destruction of Arizona, every bit the uh, destruction that UMBC was over Virginia was swept under the rug. No one talked about it. But this is the team out of those teams. Loyola Chicago brings people back. But this is a team that has the ability and has the athletes and the depth to go further in the NCAA tournament. So the teams that are going to challenge them, maybe Akron, Bowling Green, Ohio, of course. You got John Grossi, who went from Illinois, was in Illinois for a while. Now he's at Akron. He's back there. He had had a lot of success in Ohio. So certainly I think they're going to be an issue. But this is a Buffalo team that is ready to roll. I think they're going to be fantastic. And they're one of my favorite teams to watch this year with the way they play. And I feel like they didn't get the credit they deserved last year because of those upsets. So maybe they come back and they make the run and get to the big spot spotlight on them like Loyola Chicago. So that's going to do it here. Buffalo Bulls preview is in. We are ready to roll. We're going to continue. We thank Paul Peck for coming on the podcast. Going to check out all these teams, large teams, small teams, so that you have a full gamut of experience and knowledge so that you can get ready for the conference season. And you can remember these things when you get and fill out your brackets there in March. Please remember to follow the podcast at SDS Podcast, myself at Randall Rand, Gus at Currents 12 Please go to our YouTube channel where we're cutting and splicing some of these best comments here to video, putting it up for you there because we know your preferred medium is video right now, video and podcast. It is not writing, so that's why we're focusing our attention and focusing all our free time on that. We think that the writing you can do a little bit here and there, but people, we know you're on your phone. So you want to put in the podcast, you want to listen to it, you want to watch a quick YouTube video for two or three minutes. That's where we're focusing our attention, and we know you appreciate it. If you want more Screen the Screener, go to Patreon, become a patron, get some merch, get some input to the show. The reason we got Buffalo on is one of our uh, patrons requested them specifically. So we went, we contacted the reporter, and we got them on. You're on the board of directors of the show. And on top of that, you get an extra vlog or extra podcast each and every week on Saturday morning. We drop it and give it to you. So thank you so much here for following us. Screen the Screener Team Preview Series. We are just getting started. We're getting refreshed and replenished on a daily basis. Have a lot more coming for you. Can't wait to have them here. So thank you very much for your support. I'm Mike Randall. We'll see you soon, folks.